0: welcome to the swike podcast the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs careers and life the swike podcast the stuff i wish i knew earlier hi everyone and welcome to the swike stuff i wish i knew earlier podcast we're here again with our guest host uh, aram who is our uh, trauma er nurse and we wanted to have a little bit of a conversation in terms of, uh, do your parents and friends really know what you do, <laughs> right? So you're a nurse, which seems self-explanatory, but, but is it, I guess? Do folks actually know what you do? And, and when, when you tell them like, well, they, they see what's on TV, they see what's, uh, I guess, in the media, what, what's in like the, the, the storybooks as a kid, you kind of have those community helpers. <laughs> and they talk about that. But uh, wh- what do uh, folks think that you do and, and what do you actually do?
1: Uh, thanks so much for having me back on. Um, so no, uh, people don't really know what we do. Um, I really think that, uh, the only way that you'll know what we really do is if you actually speak to someone that works in emergency trauma services, Mm -hmm. and of course, nursing has different branches. So you don't really know what a nurse really does until you speak to each one of them. So you speak to someone like myself, I could tell you what, uh, a, a day in the life of uh, an er trauma nurses you speak to another nurse who you know works with medicinal marijuana she'll tell he or she will tell you something differently and, and so on and, and so forth um so when you have these books that are that are like story books about you know what we do i don't think they entirely capture everything unless it's written by someone who is a healthcare professional that works in that mm-hmm. field um in terms of movies and 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 shows like house and and so forth those are a fantasia of what what we really encounter um in uh in the er or in a trauma center so um the only way that you'll really know is when you speak to somebody
0: and you, you mentioned or off the air you were discussing about someone that does actually get you um, because of well you mentioned your, your mother and and tell us a little bit more about like why does your, your mother understand it and get what you do.
1: Well, first off, I think it's because um, I'm very close with my mother mm-hmm. and she's seen. Um, a lot of things that. Um, that, that i that i've been through personally but she's also like quite aware of how um i, I what i'm what of terms of what i've seen while mm-hmm. working so you know if i came home and i wanted to de-stress and i wanted to vent you know talking to her she would understand what i've been through you know or just even seeing and truthfully after a shift you can get exhausted, you can get tired. I mean, you have good days, but most of the days are really crazy when, when I work. Right. Um, so, you know, she she fully understands it, but I think it's also because um, in the past, unfortunately, she has had to be a patient herself in the ER. Okay. And so she has seen the way uh, an ER runs and she's seen the way that nurses run to do their work. and. Um, Working in teams with physicians and other healthcare professionals. So she's kind of seen that as a firsthand experience as
0: well. Yeah so we've talked a little bit about uh, kind of the, the nursing myths and and, and misconceptions in in, in our, our nursing demystified episode I'm wondering if you could share a, a couple of those those stories right obviously anonymized <laughs> so you're not uh, naming names or any specific details but uh, in kind of a generality so so maybe one of those days when you were kind of running around and and uh, like just, just had to Deal with uh, things coming uh, left, right, and center, and, and kind of hot, and heavy as they get into the ER. But uh, can can you give us a a, a story about like what uh, that might be indicative of of what does a an ER trauma nurse actually do?
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, is that things can be quiet one moment, and the next moment you have something, and you have absolutely no idea about. Nothing is textbook
0: perfect <laughs> coming
1: yeah. in through that door. Um, but of course, you have to put on your your critical thinking cap you have to be really in that mode and you have to have all distractions out and really really think because you have to be quick on your feet and you got to really move so um, i can give you one example so i had an assignment of patients with uh, with uh, my my partner and our patients were stable All of my patients were post trauma. So basically my goal was pain management for all of them. So, you know, I had gone in, all of them seemed pretty comfy, cozy and everything. And then um, in the same zone, which is the area where I was working in, um, I had a partner of mine, um, not the same nursing partner that I had, but it was, you know, another um, nursing colleague that was working in the same zone who was running up a bit busy. I said, you look a little busy, do you need any help? So that's kind of like the thing that you do. Mm-hmm. If someone's busy, they look like they're heavily occupied, they need some help, you go cu- with, with courtesy to go and assist them. Sure. So, you know, he said, yeah, actually, I, I really would appreciate if you could help me, if you could give some pain medication to my patient right over there. And I said, sure, absolutely. Can I just see the chart? So I review the chart quickly and you know, I look through it and then I see the orders and I say, okay. So I go over and this is a young woman who's probably in her early forties, late thirties, early forties, and this is pre-COVID time. So um, her husband was sitting in a chair. He looked pretty irritable and she just was in pain. So I said, I introduced myself and I offered her pain medication and she said, yes, I would like some pain medication. So I, you know, I constituted up the pain medication and I pushed a very small amount, obviously within limits. And of course, as per protocols um, by the hospital. And it was a very, very small amount. And so um, I just decided to take her vitals, have a look at her pressure and see, you know, what's going on with her um she obviously had an IV line in and she had fluids running in so um her pressure was a little Her pressure was on the low side so I thought well wait a minute that can't be right like you know that much pain medication can't really can't really tank a pressure that fast so I had a closer look at her and she was lying in a stretcher so I, I went up to um my nursing colleague and I said well you know she's lying in a stretcher here and and this was actually known as an ambulatory zone but we had off we had cur- you know graciously offered her and and courtesyly off, offered her a stretcher because she had been in pain mm-hmm. so i said well why isn't she in a room like why is she why was she not triaged in a room so the only information that i got was that this lady has a history of endometriosis and was a bounce back to gynecology okay so she came in because she was having uterine pain okay. and she just wasn't feeling well. So I said, OK, I said, fine. Well, you know, I said, but she just doesn't look right. I just had a gut hunch. I said, she doesn't look too right. So he came over and I just looked at her. I just had a look at her and she looked rather jaundiced, like very mm-hmm. yellow in color. And I said, she's not, she doesn't have jaundice, does she? And he's like, no. And I just looked at her. Like, I mean, it's quite a question to ask because she's, she's referred to gynecology, but it's sure. still like, you know, you look really yellow. Yeah. So I just said, you know what? I said, can you do me a favor? Can you page gynecology and get me a line? I'm gonna start another line and start her on some more fluids. And I said, you know, her pressure's low, this isn't right. So we both collectively decided to put her in a resuscitation room. So in a trauma center, any room becomes a resuscitation room, unlike a community hospital, but in community ERs as well. If you have no choice, but you have the staff with the skills and the training, you can run anything. So we push her in. So my partner and I push her in, and I told my other nursing partner, I said, listen, all my patients are stable. I'm just gonna go help him out because this patient looks really unwell. So she said, Yeah, don't worry about it. If there's anything, I'll, I'll take care of it. So, you know, i walk over so we walk over into we push her over and we wheel her over into um the recess room so you know she's looking really sick and then i look at her abdomen and i'm like that abdomen looks really distended so when i go and i palpate her abdomen it's like rock hard it's like rock solid hard so then i asked i said okay well i just have to ask this this might be ridiculous but is she pregnant and he says no so the husband is you know getting a little agitated so I you know I I gave him a chair to sit outside and you know I offered him something to drink just to keep him you know calm because he looked I think he was more worried about his wife to be quite honest with you which is which is legitimate and I can understand that so I told my partner go get the emergency physician because it looks like gynecology is not coming anytime soon I hook her up to her monitor. Her blood pressure is somewhat improving, but she's still very soft. And when I say soft, her pressure is low. Right. So there's a ton of things that are running in my mind. I start a bunch of lines on her and she's not perfusing well. So that's another problem. And her heart rate's going up. And I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? You know, She came in as a walk-in and all of a sudden her pressure's starting to tank. This is ridiculous. Like something's right. not quite right. So now we have to start IVs like crazy on her so at this point i think i've put in six ivs in her to get Mm -hmm. access include including her foot including her foot so i'm just like oh my god this is there's something not quite right here so the er doctor comes in and we give him a quick history he's like okay that's fine and my partner is now looking a little pale himself And he's like, I'm getting really worried. And he goes, I'm getting scared. I I think I'm going to faint. I said, you're not going to faint. Here's some (laughs) apple juice. Stand in the corner and chart. I'm going to take over now. So I say, go by the computer, print labels, and chart, and drink this apple juice. Because there's no way, son, that I'm going to have two patients in one room. OK, so we're going to make this happen. So now I have um, pager phones. So these are the pager phones that we have if we need to like contact, um, like you know, diagnostic imaging or you know, just to call anywhere and, and okay. et cetera, et cetera. So the triage nurse is running in. She goes, what happened? I said, well, you triage this person into a chair zone, which is now into a resuscitative bed. And she felt oh. really awful. Mm-hmm. But I mean, things can change, which I understand, but I mean, sometimes you have to be a little more cognizant on things, so anyways. Sure. So now the ER doctor's like, okay, so we need to stop. Um we, we need to sorry, we need to start fluids, which we've already started. We're pressure bagging in fluids like crazy. Um, I'm paging gynecology off the hook. So here's one phone in one pocket, here's another one, and there's another one in my back pocket. Now I have three pager phones. <laughs> and um, you know, it's just getting insane. And then I'm like, okay, so. I say you know what maybe we should ultrasound her belly because that looks really distended so he does an ultrasound he does a quick fast on her and he's like okay well this is the culprit so apparently she was bleeding out in her abdomen and we uh-huh. found four liters of blood in the abdomen so i look at him and i said okay so now we're gonna do a massive transfusion so he's like yes yeah. so i call the blood bank and i'm like okay we're gonna do a code omega get like a couple of units of neg and send this and send that And i'm pushing in drugs like crazy hanging in like you know drugs that are supposed to stop bleeding you know and um yeah all that kind of stuff so you know we're pushing in trans acid we're doing vitamin k we're going crazy here she gets a foley in we're monitoring her pressures so she's a sick lady and so then we get an icu resident to come in to insert more lines which are more advanced. So like an arterial line and a central line. So arterial line, as the name suggests, means access to the artery, artery which goes yeah. into, well, it could go in the femoral. But in this case, he decided to go radial. So I said, OK. And then central line. So he put one in her neck right here and in the, um, the, uh, this area right here, the, um, the jugular area. And yeah. so then he also inserted another one in the by the femoral area. And now we have more access that more now than ever, but her blood pressure is still tanking. So now this is where we get intensive care involved. So I say, okay, well, you know, the blood is here. We're we're transfusing in blood like crazy like this is blood that's like running on gravity like you know and so then i pull two more float nurses so this is me organizing everything to the (laughs) point the er doctor's like okay you're taking control and i'm like you need to get a rapid infuser i need two of them right now because we got to push in this blood really fast you got to infuse this blood in really fast so the blood's going in you know i'm trying to now get in touch with gynecology they're still not here yet intensive care is here taking over blood pressure's dropping i say okay well you know what now i'm going to start pressure support medication so life support medication so she walked in and now she came in from a walk-in to now being on like life support medication okay so now we have a couple of drugs we have this going with that going with the antibiotics for you know broad spectrum you know just for defense and, you know, highly likely she's probably going to end up going to gynecology, but now going to the OR and of course, ICU. Sure. So while all of that is happening and all of that, we have that all under control. All of a sudden she kicked her leg in the air. So it was unusual. She kicked her leg and then she seized. Oh she my just had goodness. a seizure. I said, Oh my God. So I had to push in a drug, which is basically like, you know, like Ativan, for example, um, you know, an anti-seizure medication to stop her from seizing, which, which happened, which she did stop seizing. But then she seemed to not be protecting her airway because she started having what's called guppy breathing or Mm. like snoring. And when she wasn't really responding to that, I literally said, that's it. She, I literally turned to, to the fellow, the ICU fellow. And I said, listen, she now needs advanced airway she now has to go on a ventilator she has to be intubated so the fellow's looking at me and he's like i don't want to intubate her i said you do realize that she has a compromised airway and that if you don't intubate her she's going to arrest and she's she's in her 40s and and she's a full code and he looks at me and he i said listen if if you're not able to make it happen i'm going to just call the chief of staff and we're going to make it happen he goes okay no problem we're going to make it happen because it's, it's life and death now, right? It's now very serious. So I'm, I'm calling for, for a rapid sequence intubation drug kit. We're getting all these drugs ready. We're getting this all done. Now they intubate her. So while we're begging her, you know, prior to her getting intubated, so now she is going to be intubated. And then she finally gets intubated, which is great, right? Because now we've saved that part. Now, all of that is under control two other things so we have the little (laughs) extras that we're doing i'm calling x-ray because i need an x-ray immediately to make sure that tube is right in place and of course then x-ray comes over gynecology finally comes over and i said okay so we've been contacting you and this is what happened to this patient so the resident looks at me and he goes oh god like he just felt terrible so I said, so ultimate destination OR and he goes, yeah. So I said, we're going for an A case. Now here's the next thing. So now I'm on the phone with the front desk. I said, I need a Bradma, which is like a blue card. It's like a very old school thing. Some places still have it. blue. it's, it's, you know, it's just got basic information. I said, okay. I need you to reprint it. And you know, all the blood work has been drawn and I get like the Porter to take it down immediately. And then I call the front desk to get an extra band or two. My partner, I look at him, I said, you okay? You still with us? And he goes, yep, he goes, yep, (laughs) yep, I'm still here. And then there's like tons of residents in the room. And I said, okay, all of you have to move out. So now here's the next thing I have to deal with. The family member, the husband, how is he doing? So he's in distress. So I have to console a six foot three, 200 and something pounder guy off the floor and I have to get him up off the floor and I have to console him so I bring him over and I said okay so listen this is what's happening and she's now going to go to the OR and she'll probably go to ICU afterwards as well so he was you know I had to try to calm him down and I had to move everyone out of the way and I said listen I want him to have a moment with his wife I said please have some moments with your wife kiss your wife go to your wife be with her so I gave him that opportunity because. You know, you still have to tend to the family. That's usually what's forgotten. You have to also not forget them as well. You know, right. so I bring him over. He does that. And I said, my friend, I said, the doctor will speak with you if anything else. But is there anything I can do for you? And he said, no, I really appreciate. It. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry if I snapped at you earlier. I said, don't worry about it. It's it's all forgiven. Just forget about it. Don't worry. The charge nurse comes over and he, put, he pats my back and he's like, oh, my God, you took care of something so crazy. And then the time came, so I'm on my phone. I'm um, sorry, the uh, the paging phone. And I keep calling the OR. I'm like, you ready yet? Are you scrubbed in yet? Are you yeah. scrubbed in yet? They finally scrub in. I tell everyone, OR is ready. We got a transporter upstairs. So everyone gets together. They transport her upstairs nicely. So the update on her. So what happened? So it's nice to get updates. We obviously don't get them quite often. But what happened was is that, um, ultimately what happened was that the reason why she bled out was because her uterine artery ruptured and that's mm-hmm. why she had the blood in her belly. Yeah. So they had to transfuse an additional eight units of blood. So I think it was a total of 12 units because she okay. was bleeding out. Um, they resolved all of that ended up having a hysterectomy, unfortunately, but remember it's life over limb. You got to save her life. Yep. Um, she ended up in the ICU um but she was okay and a few days later they discharged her home okay um the yeah yeah so i mean you have some stories that end up being like whoa like you know well that was you know she she saved her life and she's you know um but i did have the icu fellow or and uh, the resident that came by later on my shift so after all that craziness happened i go back to my own assignment right. and you know it's you know i'm going back to it and everything you know and, and just doing my thing and then they come by and they actually personally thanked me and they're like yeah so we just want to thank you for being you and i said i'm, I'm confused <laughs> and he shook yeah. my hand and he's like no he goes because if it, if it hadn't been for you can you imagine what would have happened to her so sure. sometimes it just takes like an extra set of of eyes now what happened to my partner was he still with us or did he yep. faint on the floor so my partner came up to me grabbed me gave me a big hug and said oh my god thank you so much i said listen i will never leave you down okay i'll never <laughs> leave you hanging i got you okay i got you and that was the end of that so that was that that's a story i can tell you
0: wow that's an amazing story so thank you so much for sharing it. i'm glad it had an eventual happy ending and, and that's pretty crazy yeah. and, I mean, that's just one of those things where, uh, after having a, a day like that, then you, you go home and someone says, so, how was your day? <laughs> right? It's kind of like, well, let me tell you how it was, and and, and you kind of uh, get through that. Or, or maybe you're the type to say, ah, it, there's a couple things that happen, but no biggie. <laughs> right? One of those things, so <laughs> I guess that, that gives a, a bit of a story about, well, um, you really probably don't know uh, what what folks do so so as a nurse ER again glorified on the movies and whatever but all that sort of stuff I mean that could have probably made for a very interesting episode (laughs) if if it was (laughs) on on a show or anything so yeah Um, yeah, I, I guess uh, I don't even know how to, how to continue on the, the conversation after that, but uh, thank you so much for, for, for sharing that. And uh, I guess if there's a, a, something that you'd wanna leave folks with in terms of how uh, or, or what ER nurses and trauma nurses do or, or something to, to help them out, uh, w- what is something that you w- might wanna leave the audience with?
1: It's never a dull day in the ER. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's never a dull day in the ER. Um, sometimes we, we get good days where like, you know, you got the usual. But then like, I would say that this is always a learning experience and an opportunity. Okay. And like I said, if you don't know, and you don't understand to all the new nurses going out there in field, and even if you're a nursing student right now, but this also applies to any medical professional. So if you're in medical school right now, or, you know, you're in um, another healthcare profession an allied healthcare professional that's new to the field, or you're still studying right now. It's never a dull day. Remember to always work in teams, it's very important. And if you have questions, ask them, it's not silly. It's never a stupid question to ask and always have that intellectual humility. I think I may have mentioned this in a previous uh, podcast before, but having intellectual humility, humility is the most important thing. If you don't know, ask. And these experiences give you a lifetime opportunity to learn you learn from them and you debrief so the important thing is also debriefing like what could have been better what or what you know what could we have done better um you know what could we do differently next time is this something maybe we want to carry out in the future i think with that last example that would be something we'd want to instate again in the future but of course um you know sometimes you just need an extra hand for help so and and there's nothing wrong with asking for that
0: for sure. And and all that comes from uh, offering a, a little bit of help and support uh, to have a, a a nice story to tell a, a, at the end. So uh, thanks so much, Aram, for uh, sharing that story. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode.
1: Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me here.
0: Take care. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.